The Rocky Mountains hold many mysteries. Millions of people enjoy the natural beauty, but some come across the hidden dangers. This is Rocky Mountain Red-Handed. I'm Melanie, here with my friend Becky. The stories we share are remembered by some, but forgotten by many. Let's dive in to Rocky Mountain Red-Handed. Mel, how are you? I'm good. How are you today? Good, good. Now, this case is a little different than our normal cases. The crime doesn't happen in one of our Rocky Mountain states, but our victim belongs to the great great state of Arizona. She used to live in Phoenix. So she is one of ours. She is one of ours, and we are going to share her story. This case not only crosses state borders, but U.S. borders. Get ready for a case that covers a lot of miles. Yeah, Mel, I've got an important question for you. Worst house guest, go. <laughs> I can't answer this question on the podcast. Mel actually has a lot of house guests. I never do because, like, pretty much all of her family is here. But Mel, Mel, I mean, you love your family. You, to her family out there, she's always excited. I promise. But have you ever had a bad house guest? Yes, I have. Are you going to share it or no? <laughs> no, I am not. <laughs> Oh, we'll talk after we end our course. <laughs> I will tell you, my worst house guest was um, one of my friends a long time ago. She was a lot younger than I was. I was pregnant, and she worked at a fast food restaurant. And Mel, I don't know if you know this about me. When I'm pregnant, I can't even smell fast food. Oh, it makes, it makes me like I like went to Wendy's with my kids and my husband this last pregnancy. I was like, okay, I'm early enough in the pregnancy. I'm okay. Yeah. No, uh, we got out of the drive-thru and I went and threw up oh, across the street. The so worst. she worked at a fast food restaurant and I was like eight months pregnant. Oh, and I wanted to like vomit because it. it's all I could smell was fast food all the time. I was like, go ahead and take the house. I'm going to go check into a hotel. <laughs> you stay here. I'm going anywhere else. Uh, but you don't have many come and stay no. with you. My, most of my family lives out of town, so we do mm -hmm. have a lot of people coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, today's case starts with house guests, but ends up in an international manhunt. So let's get into it. This is the story of the murder of Crystal Mitchell, a beautiful woman inside and out. Crystal had a new beau in her life. They had only been dating three weeks, but everything seemed absolutely perfect. He was fun, athletic, uh, seemed to be a great father and treated her with so much respect. Dating is super difficult when you're a single mom. I've done it. It's not that fun. It has its challenges. Crystal was choosy. She wasn't going to allow just anyone into her life. She was doing great. Her kids were great. She loved her job and she didn't feel like she like needed a man, but she wanted one. Someone to share her life with, to be a father figure to her children, someone who shared her same values and interests. RJ seemed like that man. Born Raymond McLeod, RJ was 32 years old. He had walked into the apartment building where Crystal worked and he just could not keep his eyes off of her, which I don't blame him. We're posting some pictures. She is stunning. Um, he had been looking for a two-bedroom apartment for his son and himself. RJ had grown up in nearby Scottsdale, a beautiful community, and had spent time in the Marines. He was divorced, and his world seemed to revolve around his son. He was handsome and very fit. In fact, he was huge. He's huge. Yeah, yeah. like his muscles were tight against his clothing. He obviously kept himself fit and healthy. RJ made excuse after excuse to come visit her in the office so that he could talk to her more. He shared with her all about his son, and he proudly displayed pictures of the young boy all over his home. RJ worked at his parents' insurance company and seemed stable and ready for a relationship. 
It didn't take long for him to tell Crystal he wanted to date exclusively. Crystal talked to her mom and told her all about this great guy who had unexpectedly popped up in her life. She shared with her mom that she and RJ had long talks until late into the night, and they just clicked. They had the same goals, the same focus on their children, and the same passion for life. Plus, RJ made her feel safe and secure. Crystal had just gotten out of an emotionally abusive relationship. Her ex-boyfriend had become very possessive, and this had left Crystal feeling like pretty unsafe, and her confidence has really wavered. It's not uncommon for victims of emotional abuse to like think poorly of themselves. Mel, we've unfortunately definitely covered this. Yeah. Uh, and emotional abuse can cause people to doubt their own instinct. So in her last relationship, she had just been kind of beaten down. It can cause long-term depression and anxiety and destroys like your sense of self. We don't know how affected Crystal was after her last breakup, but we do know that she was scared. Frightened, her ex would invade her life again. She had anxiety and felt as if she was like being followed wherever she went. Oh, what a nightmare. Yeah, her ex had been stalking her on a daily basis. But being around RJ, she felt safe. His presence calmed her nerves and he just seemed to enjoy protecting her. Even when he wasn't around, she still felt protected by him. RJ had given her a gun for self-defense. Crystal felt like this relationship was definitely headed in the right direction. Maybe they really could build a life together. They had only known each other for a few weeks, but she felt like she really knew him. One of the perks of Crystal's job was that she had access to credit checks and limited background checks. She had looked at RJ's reports and there were no red flags. So I am really going to think about this when my kids start dating. I want access to like full background checks and credit checks. That's a good <laughs> idea. You want to know. I want to know who's dating my daughter. There you go. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, well, RJ seemed to check out. He had good credit and no felonies. The ex-Marine seemed like a good guy. So she could see herself sharing her life with him coming up. After just three weeks of dating, RJ asked Crystal if she would like to spend the weekend with him in San Diego. He wanted to surprise her with a fun, long weekend of sun and relaxation. Crystal loved the beach and had always wanted to live in San Diego, so this weekend away sounded fantastic to her. Her children were staying with her mom, their grandma, and she could sneak away for the weekend knowing that they would be spoiled by their grandma, though RJ eagerly made all the arrangements for the special weekend, the two of them. I love San Diego. That's where my husband and I had our first, like, getaway. Oh, there you go. So they would leave on Thursday, June 9th, 2016, and return back to Phoenix on Sunday, June 12th. The new couple loaded up Crystal's brand new car and set off on the 355-mile trip into California and head down to the beaches at the Pacific Ocean. Crystal had spoken to her mom on Wednesday evening, the night before the couple left. Of course, her mom, Josephine Wenzel, was nervous. That's like our job as mothers, right? To Absolutely. Mm -hmm. To worry about our children. Josephine was nervous with her daughter going on a vacation with this man whom she barely knew. But she also had confidence in her daughter's decisions. And no matter how much you trust your children, we as parents, we still have to worry. That's like a job requirement, right? It's exhausting it, to worry all the time. But yes, is. that's just what we do. It's what we do. Yeah. Crystal wasn't reckless. She would never put herself in a dangerous situation. Josephine asked her daughter to snap a picture of RJ so she at least knew who she was with for the weekend. Crystal sent her mom a few pictures and off the couple went, headed for a romantic weekend getaway in San Diego. Josephine stared at the pictures, studying the man who held her daughter's interest. 
Little did she know, the picture she received from Crystal would be used on the wanted posters throughout the world. This man, Raymond McLeod, would consume Josephine's life in the years to come. Crystal J. Mitchell was born May 21, 1986, in Vancouver, Washington. She had a good childhood, surrounded by a loving family and lots of friends. She attended Riverview Elementary, Y East Junior High, and Mountain View High School in Vancouver. She loved her career in property management. It suited her well. She was great with people, talked easily with strangers, and she had a charming smile. Her kind eyes set people at ease, and she found a lot of success at work. Crystal loved to spend her free time traveling to new places. The beach was always one of her favorite destinations, so meeting new people, and she loved to sing. Her favorite song was Oceans by Hillsong. Do you know this song, yes, Mel? Yes, I do. I love, love, love this song. In fact, Mel, I shared that song with our church group. Do you remember? Uh, it's an amazing song, one of my favorites. Josephine shared that her daughter was a very spiritual person. She said, quote, Crystal knew God, believed in God, and believed in prayer. Crystal met and fell in love with the man who would be her husband. They had two children together, a son and a daughter, born just a year apart from each other. Crystal's husband served in the military and suffered an injury during his last tour in Iraq. A bomb had gone off and caused a severe back injury. The marriage couldn't survive the physical and mental injuries. Family life was just too difficult for him, and though they'd really tried to work through the challenges, the couple ended up divorcing. Crystal craved a big change after the painful divorce. No more rain and overcast skies for her and her children. She decided to move her little family to the heat and sunshine of Phoenix, Arizona. Crystal loved a good adventure. She wasn't afraid of change or a challenge. She and her children loved hiking and biking in the desert and had come to love their new home. So at just 30 years old, Crystal was carving out a life for her and her kids. The miles away from home in Vancouver didn't affect her relationship with her mom, Josephine, too much. The mother-daughter duo would call each other two to three times a day. I know all about this. Like, when I lived away from home, I still talked to my sister, Jamie, like 15 times a day. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. When you really love someone, the miles don't matter, right? So Josephine knew that Crystal was so busy. She was, you know, not only the sole provider for her children, both financially and emotionally, but Crystal was going to school to become a real estate broker. She wanted the flexibility to be there for her children, you know, in the future so she could sneak out and go to school events, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it was the sacrifice right now um, to be that busy, but it would definitely pay off for their family in the future. Josephine offered to take her grandchildren for the summer holiday. She wanted to enjoy her growing grandbabies for a couple of months and help her daughter finish her schooling. Of course, Crystal missed her children, but what a fun opportunity to spend the time with their grandma instead of at daycare. And, you know, no pressure, but we both have moms, our husbands have moms, if they want to come and take our kids for the summer. We're just putting it out there. You are welcome <laughs> to them. So the few weeks that RJ and Crystal were dating, the children were actually at their grandmother's house. That way, Crystal was able to avoid the incredible mom guilt that we all feel. And so she could sneak off to San Diego and yeah. not worry about it. This is just pulling up all of the things that are so hard about parenting, <laughs> yeah, right? Uh -huh. All those things. So on June 9th, 2016, Crystal and RJ loaded up her new car and set out on the 550-mile drive. A new couple, a new love, a new adventure. The feeling of excitement and hopefulness towards the future must have been palpable in the car as they drove towards the West Coast. Did the new couple hold hands, steal kisses during the drive? Did they speak of new plans as a couple? 
or their private wishes and dreams, the future possibilities probably seemed endless in the beginning of this new relationship. The next afternoon, around 1 p.m., Crystal and RJ hadn't left the guest bedroom they'd stayed in the night before. The man and woman who were friends with RJ woke early in the morning along with their small child and began their day. The woman headed off to work while her husband cared for the baby and did odd jobs around the house. But it was like 1 p.m. Where were Crystal and RJ? Are they okay? The man decided to knock on the guest bedroom door to check on the couple. Tap, tap, tap. Knock, knock, knock. Hello? No answer. He knocked again. RJ? Crystal? Are you guys okay? I'm coming in. The man slowly opened the door. And let's stop here for our first break. Give your brain the natural nutrients, blood flow, and neurotransmitter support it needs to make the fight with depression an unfair fight. Get stronger daily with Whole Supplement. Build momentum each day with the Whole Depression Relief Stack, the three targeted daily formulas that will help you feel, enjoy, and progress again. So, how do you take the Whole Stack? One, wake up formula. Take wake up in the morning with a glass of water to kick off your day with motivation and energy. Number two is the daytime formula. Take daytime around lunch to ensure you have the focus, mood, and productivity to power through the day. That sounds like something we all need. Number three, the sleep it off formula. Take sleep it off about an hour before you plan to go to sleep for amazing rest and brain support that will consistently set you up for better days. I've experienced depression since I was a teen. I try to do my best to take care of my mental and emotional health and manage my anxiety and depression. But even with medication, I can find myself struggling some days. I started taking whole supplement just a couple weeks ago, and I already feel like I am giving my body the armor it needs to win the fight each and every day. The ingredients in whole supplements have been used for hundreds of years. They just haven't been put together this way to help people struggling with depression. There are no proprietary blends and no hidden ingredients in whole supplement. So here's Adam Steer, founder and CEO of Whole Supplement. I started Whole Supplement with the mission to help others who, like myself, have struggled with finding relief from depression and anxiety. Our number one goal is to empower everyone we can to make meaningful progress every single day. So now is the time to take care of your emotional and mental health. During the pre-launch offer, you can receive the entire Whole Depression Relief Stack at 15% off. Go to wholesupplement.com and use code ROCKYMOUNTAIN. Again, go to wholesupplement.com and use coupon code ROCKYMOUNTAIN. Simplify your fight with the Whole Stack from Whole Supplement. Thank you so much to our sponsors. Now let's get back to our story. The man opened the door to his guest bedroom. Sprawled across the bed, he saw someone. The blunt force trauma disguised the facial features. Dried blood, swollen tissue. It took a few seconds to fully process what he was seeing. This was in his own home. He realized it was Crystal. Dead. She was dead and alone. Where was RJ? Did something happen to him? Or was he the cause of this heinous scene? The call came in to 911 dispatch at 1.15 p.m. Emergency workers headed to the 7600 block of Mission Courts Road for a possibly deceased woman. The patrol officers arrived first and confirmed the worst possible outcome. Crystal was deceased. The officers saw the trauma on her body and the discord of the room and immediately sealed the scene. They called the homicide unit. This would definitely need San Diego's finest. 
Sergeant Matt Dobbs took in the scene before him, blunt force trauma to her face and torso, strangulation, blood on her, the bed, and the floor. The autopsy was performed and verified what Sergeant Dobbs had guessed, death by strangulation. Crystal had three fractures in her neck, leaving the evidence of a brutal death. Sergeant Dobbs questioned the homeowners. They were speechless. This horrible death had happened in their home, feet away from the sleeping child. They had just met Crystal the night before, and she had been so kind. They shared with the detectives that their friends had just gotten into town the night before. They visited together and had a few cocktails. The homeowners headed to their bed around 10 p.m. They had jobs, a baby, responsibilities. I mean, this wasn't vacation for them, just for Crystal and RJ. So the new couple left and walked down to the local bar to have some fun. Hours later, about 2.30 a.m., the homeowners thought they heard a woman sobbing quietly. But then, silence, nothing more. That morning, before this entire nightmare had taken over their home and lives, the homeowners had been in the kitchen, waiting for the coffee to percolate. RJ walked into the kitchen and greeted his friends. They chit-chatted for a few minutes before he excused himself. He said he had to head out for a minute. He didn't mention anything that would cause any concern. Nothing hinted at his murdered girlfriend who laid in the guest bedroom, dead. RJ McLeod was still gone. He had taken Crystal's new car. So, Melanie, do you believe in premonitions? We haven't talked about this before, have we? No, we haven't talked about this. We talked about psychics, but I don't think we've really talked about premonitions. What do you think? Premonitions. I think it's, yeah, I think it's possible. You do? Yeah. Do you? Of course I do. If I believe in psychics. I don't believe in psychics. I believe in energies. Yeah. Which is kind of, I feel like, a premonition, yeah, right? Yeah, you're right. That mm-hmm. kind of goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Well, Crystal always believed that she was going to die young, and she would share those thoughts with her mom. She knew she would never live to an old age. Crystal had very vivid dreams, so vivid they felt real. The older Crystal became, the more vivid and frequent she would have these dreams. Just after she started seeing RJ McLeod, she had a dream that she died. But she told her mom that it seemed so real and didn't feel like a dream at all. She believed she saw heaven and she said it was so beautiful. She described it so bright and warm and white. Crystal believed she saw Jesus. Not all of Crystal's dreams were as beautiful. Weeks before Crystal died, she had a dream she was being chased by a huge snake. She felt this snake wanted to, like, harm her, to kill her. She told her mom the next morning the two women decided to pray on the stream. What did it mean? Maybe they could pray it away. Yet, Crystal had the dream again. The second time she had the dream, the snake's head had been cut off. But this didn't stop the snake. It continued to chase Crystal down. Again, Crystal and her mother, Josephine, prayed and prayed for Crystal to not have these terrible, terrible nightmares. Crystal wasn't the only one in her family to have premonitions. The morning that Crystal died, Josephine felt really uneasy. She decided to start her day off by calling her daughter. She wasn't surprised when Crystal didn't answer. She was on vacation after all, but she did leave a voicemail. The feeling didn't go away, and it actually continued to grow each minute. So, Josephine decided to call a few friends, and she asked her friends to pray for her. Little did Josephine know her daughter had just been killed hours earlier that very same day. Josephine continued to worry and pray that day. She called Crystal's best friend to see if she had talked to her daughter, but she hadn't heard from her. Josephine left several voicemails with no answer back. 
She tried to stay busy that day. She had her sweet grandchildren to distract her worried mind. They hid their worries from the children that day, even with the concern growing with each passing moment. Finally, the phone rang. The area code showed a 619 on the caller ID. 619 is a San Diego area code. Josephine's husband picked up the phone and said hello. His face went blank as he listened to the caller on the other side of the line as Josephine waited for a sign or a hint of emotion from her husband. Finally, he spoke into the receiver. He said, what morgue is she in? Oh, that's just crushing hearing those. Mm-hmm. With those words, Josephine knew her daughter was gone. She was dead. Her mind was flooded with the song, It Is Well With My Soul, which is a Christian hymn. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. That's one of my mom's favorite hymns. It's a good one. And in fact, if you don't know the story behind the man who wrote that hymn, you need to go look it up. It's an amazing story. I I will tell you after we record. Everyone else, go look it up. Okay. Josephine's loved ones flooded in to support her. Her grandchildren, Crystal's two children, were taken to Josephine's sister's house. There they were protected from the shock and the raw mourning of their mother's death. In Washington State, the children were able to be protected from the headlines of the news, boldly sharing the details of their mother's murder. Josephine steeled herself. She prepared herself to be strong for her grandchildren. The next morning, she went over to her sister's home, and did something she had never expected she would need to do in her life. She sat her sweet grandchildren down and told them their mama had gone to heaven. Sergeant Dobbs and his fellow investigators began the investigation, focusing on finding the truth of what happened to Crystal. Law enforcement backtracked through the young couple's evening out of the night before. They had gone to the neighborhood bar, so they questioned the staff for more details. They discovered the evening didn't go as the couple planned, As the night progressed and the drinks kept coming, another side of R.J. McLeod came out, a side Crystal hadn't seen before. So McLeod was a man that didn't like to be challenged in any way by a woman or anyone else around him. The couple had a small disagreement, probably brought on by, like, you know, the late hour and all the drinks, and McLeod completely lost it. He began to yell at Crystal and slapped her across the face. Another man at the bar saw McLeod hit Crystal and confronted him. They began to argue, and McLeod stormed off towards the bathroom. The man tried to comfort Crystal and told her she didn't need to put up with being treated so poorly. So I've been to my fair share of jaunty gatherings. Jaunty <laughs> gatherings. <laughs> you know, in you know parties and bars or whatever. I'm absolutely surprised that RJ did not completely have his butt kicked. Yeah. After slapping a woman in, in a bar. It's true. Like, I... I know pretty much every person I know if they saw that that they would I would jump on RJ's back I don't care how big his muscles are so yeah he was in the bar blatantly treating her poorly yelling at her and slapped her across the face after McLeod returned from the bathroom the three of them McLeod Crystal and the man who tried to help Crystal they all got kicked out of the bar which is pretty common they just kind of removed the whole situation the two men ended up fighting outside the bar before they went their separate ways. After hearing these details of the last few hours of her daughter's life, Josephine told police that Crystal would have gotten out of there as soon as possible. She was sure that her daughter would have just wanted to get back to her car and get out of there. Crystal wouldn't put up with any violence. Crystal and McLeod made their way back to their friend's home. 
Police later gathered surveillance video of the couple by the condo security system at 1.22 a.m. Sadly, it captured McLeod grabbing Crystal by the neck and shoving her into the elevator. The next detail we know of is the testimony of the couple hearing a woman sobbing quietly at 2.30 a.m. We can assume that was Crystal. Sadly, this makes me think, like, what would have happened if someone would have just checked on her in the middle of the night? Obviously, it's not their fault. It's not just her. But maybe it could have been different. Yeah. Um, Then we know that McLeod chatted with his friends in the morning, waiting for coffee. And he said he was, you know, just leaving and slipped away, leaving Crystal dead in the bedroom. This will not be a surprise to anyone, but believe it or not, Raymond R.J. McLeod did not have a squeaky clean background, actually. Yeah, McLeod had been married three times. In fact, he was still married to his third wife at the time Crystal was killed. The whole time he was dating her, yeah, he was married. His first wife had filed domestic violence charges against him. The charges were later dropped. Then just three months before Crystal's murder, McLeod allegedly attempted to strangle his third wife. The woman was actually asleep in their bed when McLeod snuck into the bedroom, jumped on top of her, and began to strangle her. I mean, crazy that sounds exactly like how crystal died right like she was laying in the bed and then strangled yeah yeah you're you're completely right i actually didn't really think about that before luckily you know some of their friends were in the front room of the apartment they heard the attack in the bedroom and ran to help they bursted into the room saw the woman fighting for her life and mcleod strangling her with all his might they ended up pulling mcleod off his wife and restrained him again this happened just three months before crystal was killed yeah, and again, I mean, we've talked about it. We don't post pictures of our perpetrators, perps. Yeah, but this guy, like, roid rage, big time. It's completely obvious. You can look at pictures of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, of course we won't. But yeah, it's steroid users usually have like a purple tint to their skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this guy definitely uses steroids. Yeah, he was a known steroid dealer in the Phoenix area, a semi-professional fighter. And was a very familiar face at the area strip clubs. He presented himself as like father of the year to, you know, women like Crystal. But in reality, his day-to-day life did not resemble the person that he presented himself to be. I like how Becky described him. She called him a Reuter. So that's what we're going to call him. So back to the day Crystal was murdered, McLeod left his friend's home around 7.30 a.m. The next time he was seen was around noon. McLeod returned to the bar. He and Crystal drank out the night before. Remember, he, Crystal, and that good Samaritan who tried to defend Crystal right, mm-hmm. were kicked out of the bar. So McLeod returned to pick up his credit card. He had told the bartender he was in a rush to get to the airport and catch a flight. So the police headed straight to the airport and discovered Crystal's new car abandoned in long-term parking. So now if you want to hide from the authorities, the airport is not the best place. No, definitely not. Like every inch of the airport is covered with security cameras. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Law enforcement looked and looked and looked through the hours of footage and nothing. McLeod was officially a fugitive. They also discovered that he had been wired $10,000 from his family. Remember, San Diego is just 20 miles from Tijuana. With no warrant out for his arrest, the police thought there was a very good chance that McLeod had made it across the border and was alive and well in Mexico. Let's take a break from our sponsors. Rocky Mountain Red-Handed is brought to you by Balance of Nature. I love my Balance of Nature. I take it every morning and it makes me feel so good. 
I do not like to eat vegetables, so I take my balance of nature to be able to get in the nutrients that I need. Go to balanceofnature.com and use promo code REDHANDED for 35% off your first order. We call it three and three. I take my three capsules of veggies, three capsules of fruits, and it gives me all I need. So that's balance of nature, promo code REDHANDED. Thanks again to our incredible sponsors. Now back to our story. The U.S. has some of the world's most prestigious law enforcement agency. One of those is the U.S. Marshal Service. So cool. <laughs> if you are a bad guy, you do not want the U.S. Marshals after you. Mm -mm, mm -mm. When I think of U.S. Marshals, what do you think of, Mel? I mean, exactly. Do like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think of Tommy Lee Jones and the Fugitive. Right. So, coolest ever. Coolest. Yeah. I love the Fugitives. In fact, I just made my kids watch it and... I, we're adding this into the episode. I want to add in the awesome, you know, go get him speech from Fugitive. Okay, sounds good. We'll add it in. Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Our Fugitive has been on the route for 90 minutes. Average foot speed over any of the ground barring injuries, four miles an hour. And it gives us a radius of six miles. What I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target surge of every gas station, residence, Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. Checkpoints go up at 15 miles. Your fugitive's name is Dr. Richard Kimball. Go get him. That is so cool. Such a cool so clip. Cool. Yeah. So cool. It's so like strong. I love it. I love the hen house, farmhouse, doghouse, whatever. Yeah. So I love Harrison Ford now. The movie, the the part in the movie where Harrison Ford said, I didn't kill my wife. And Tommy Lee Jones says, I don't care. Yeah. Like, this is my job is to catch you. That's what I'm going to do. I don't care. I don't care what you yeah. did, mm -hmm. but you need to. Yeah. yeah. The U.S. Marshals, if they're after you, they're going to get you. Yeah, for sure. The U.S. Marshals are known for how thorough they are in their cases. They are the government's primary agency for fugitive investigations. The marshals have the broadest arrest authority among federal law enforcement agencies, but that's not all they do. The mission of the U.S. Marshals Service is to enforce federal laws and provide support to virtually all elements of the federal justice system. I absolutely love that we're having a case with the U.S. Marshals. Yeah. It's so, so cool to me. Yeah. The marshals provide security of federal court facilities and the safety of judges and other court personnel. And, of course, their specialty, apprehending criminals. So, in other words, you don't want the U.S. Marshals after you. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So, McLeod may not have been too smart because the Marshals will find whoever they are searching for, no matter where they are hiding in the world. In fact, the U.S. Marshals have five local offices in Mexico. So, if they receive a tip, they can have boots on the ground, ready to follow up a lead within hours, if not minutes. Yeah, that is so cool. The marshals were able to find McLeod's trail quite quickly. They discovered he had rented a car purchasing the Mexico car insurance. Um, he rented that in San Diego, and he crossed the border. Three days after Crystal's murder, McLeod's rental car was found abandoned in Mazatlan, Mexico. Then his trail went cold. The law enforcement agencies involved in the search for Raymond McLeod was, I mean, get all this, Mel, U.S. Special Forces, U.S. Marshals, and the FBI. Crystal's family was very hopeful. Of course, let's be honest, he sticks out like a sore thumb. For sure. Like, he couldn't possibly, like, blend in with the locals, right? Yeah, he looks like the Hulk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, days turned to weeks, and surprisingly, weeks turned to months. In the meantime, San Diego Police Department filed charges and issued a warrant against Raymond R.J. McLeod for the first-degree murder of Crystal Mitchell. The Mitchell family knew that the authorities were doing all they could, but Josephine just couldn't sit back. This is like my favorite part of the story. See, she wasn't just any mother or grandmother. Josephine was a retired detective with experience working homicide and sexual assault cases. She had the knowledge and, of course, the deeply ingrained mama bear instinct to find this man. Josephine knew that it's possible for people to get lost in the public. Appearance, habits, and lifestyles can change, but he had to be somewhere hiding in plain sight. She knew she had to do all she could to get his picture in front of as many people as possible. So, Josephine logged into Facebook. She posted his wanted poster in every single bar, coffee shop, gym, like buy and sell form everywhere she could think of in Mexico and in Central America. Tons of tips started to pour in, and just like every pe- everyday people started to volunteer in their local villages and communities. And just like that, Josephine had thousands of eyes looking everywhere for this guy. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Friends and people who served with McLeod in the military reached out to Josephine. They gave their condolences and expressed how sorry they were to hear of Crystal's brutal murder. But none of the people who served with McLeod and knew him well were surprised. It seemed like the whole world knew this was going to happen to a woman who crossed his path. Unfortunately, he wasn't stopped before he met Crystal. Josephine and the U.S. Marshals felt so close at some times. They were certain they were just a step or two behind him. Mexico to Belize, Belize to Guatemala, Guatemala to El Salvador. McLeod was on the move. He must have known the marshals were on his tail. How many times had he seen his own wanted poster hanging up in a bar or restaurant and posted online? Josephine traveled down to Central America several times. She met with people who had known him under different aliases. People who worked with him, people who liked him. People who found him charming. Some people hated him. Some had told her that he had just left the area. Some even dated him. That must have been scary for her to hear that this guy is out dating. Yeah, that is really scary. I'm sure she was like doing all she could to warn these poor women. Mm -hmm. The marshals and Josephine noticed a trend. His drinking seemed to be growing with time. He was known to stay out all night and drink way too much. He would even hit on women at like 5 a.m. when he could barely stand up in these bars. McLeod claimed to be an ex-soldier, an ex-security consultant, an ex-mercenary, an ex-bodybuilder, an ex-something, right? Claiming to just be backpacking from town to town throughout Central America. With time and devotion only a mother could hold, Josephine worked side by side with the marshals, especially Frankie Sanchez, U.S. Marshal in charge. She wrote to the White House and was able to get a response and support from the DA. She worked with the Attorney General and even the Pentagon. Josephine would not stop contacting and full-on pestering people regarding her daughter's case. She finally received word back from Washington. Officials told the local U.S. Marshals to tell the mother they were adding her daughter's killer to the top 15 case and she didn't need to contact them anymore. She drove them nuts until... She got her daughter's case and killer on the top 15. Good for her. That is so amazing. So cool. And I love, they're like, please tell the mom that we'll... We got it. Yeah. Okay, we mm-hmm. get the hint. Yeah, so the top 15 for the U.S. Marshals is a really big deal. 
The 15 Most Wanted Fugitive Program draws attention to some of the country's most dangerous and high-profile fugitives. These fugitives tend to be like career criminals with histories of violence, and they pose a significant threat to public safety. Generally, top 15 case fugitives are considered the worst of the worst. I'll tell you, I did put a link in the notes to see the top 15. Most of them right now are pedophiles, unfortunately, and sex traffickers. So go check it out. It definitely is the worst of the worst. In the past, they have included murderers, sex offenders, major drug kingpins, organized crime figures, and high-profile criminals. Since the program began in 1983, 237 top 15 case fugitive cases have been closed by arrest. When a case enters the top 15, the case details are distributed to Interpol, which if you don't know what Interpol is, it's like a huge network of over 195 countries worldwide. So to put it plainly, top 15 cases get a lot of attention and exposure worldwide. Marshall Sanchez and Josephine worked day and night on Crystal's killer. Marshall Sanchez became very close to the family. He got to know Josephine and her husband so well. He knew Crystal's kids and watched them grow up over a few years. The type of personal relationships they built with time helped them work even harder and better together. Josephine believed that McLeod himself had contacted her two or three times um, over the internet while he was a fugitive. He would contact her over Facebook and she could just sense it was him. She would demand that he, you know, should turn himself in and then with that he would just leave the conversation. The correspondence definitely shook her at times and would give her a such an eerie feeling, but also it drove her to work even harder. She was like obviously going to get him at some point in time. This woman was not going to give up. Finally, in a small El Salvador town about 40 minutes west of San Salvador, a man named Jose Castro came across the wanted poster for Raymond McLeod. He recognized the man. Yes, the man he knew looked a lot different. He was much smaller, but yet he could tell it was the same man. He knew the man on the wanted poster as Jack. Jack had taught Jose English for several years and knew the man well. McLeod lived under the alias Jack Donovan for several years. He claimed he was from Canada. Jose did the right thing and turned him in immediately. On Monday, August 29, 2022, at about 4.30 p.m., Raymond R.J. McLeod was taken into custody. His identity was confirmed with the U.S. Marshal Service and the U.S. Embassy. They then turned him over to the El Salvador local and national police. San Diego County District Attorney Summer Stevens said, quote, If nothing else, this case represents what it means when the public responds, and they tell law enforcement what they've seen in order to bring justice to grieving families. Marshal Frankie Sanchez got to be the one to share the good news with Josephine. He texted her, and she almost couldn't believe her eyes as she read the words of the text. Josephine remembers peppering the marshal with a bunch of questions. Are you serious? Is it really him? Did you look at him? Did you look at his tattoos? Are you sure? She was afraid this could be another lead that ended in nothing. But it wasn't. It was really Raymond McLeod. The officials on the ground were able to assure her that they did, in fact, have McLeod in custody. After years of being on the chase for McLeod, she was finally able to sigh in relief. They had caught him. She was filled with relief and joy when she was able to sit down with her two grandkids and tell them the good news. She had raised them as her own since Crystal's death. Josephine shared with the media, quote, I talked to the kids about it and I said, what do you feel? Talk to me about this. And my granddaughter said, 
Nana, at least now I don't have to worry about him trying to find us and kill us. That makes me so sad. She was just scared the whole time, I'm sure. Jose Castro received $50,000 reward from the marshals offered for information leading to McLeod's arrest. On September 2nd, 2022, Raymond McLeod was arrested and charged with first-degree murder of Crystal Mitchell. No bail was established. He, do you think he's a flight risk? What do you think, Mel? Oh <laughs> he pleaded not guilty and is facing 25 years to life in prison. McLeod was on the run for six years. Yeah, and as Becky had mentioned, we've also included a link to the U.S. Marshal mm-hmm. Service Top 10, so you can find this link if you want to see who's on it. Mm-hmm. Crystal was a woman of faith and love. Her family and children are whom she lived for each and every day. She was robbed of the honor of raising her children and witnessing their lives. Our prayers are with Crystal's family and the brave law enforcement who did not give up in apprehending McLeod. I thought there was no better way to bring this episode to a close than to share the lyrics of Crystal's favorite song, Oceans by Hillsong. Spirit, lead me where there is trust without borders. Let me walk upon the waters. Wherever you would call me, take me in deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. In the year of 2022, the U.S. Marshals closed 1,496 transnational fugitive investigations requiring investigative coordination with 125 countries and territories. The Marshals conducted 720 removals, including extraditions, foreign extraditions, deportations, and expulsions through coordinations with 52 foreign nations. Wow, what an amazing mother. I know she just would not give up and just fought so hard for her daughter. Yeah, like guys out there, don't piss off us mamas. We'll yeah. get you. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that she saved somebody else's life. That she yes. didn't stop, didn't, didn't give up, and just kept fighting to find him because he sounds like he really was a dangerous man. Yeah, and the the people just knew it was going to be a matter of time. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, our hearts go out to Crystal's family. Um, Josephine, you are our hero. You're amazing. So um, thoughts and prayers to them for sure. And for anyone else who McLeod victimized over the years. Yeah, definitely. I don't think it just stopped with his wives. Don't you think? Okay, yeah. And we're going to move on and do our Rocky Mountain Redemption. But before we do, I, I have to say, especially in a, a few of our episodes, there always seems to be some kind of hero in the story, right? This one was Josephine. There's always good people throughout even the terrible stories that we tell. But yeah, we do have a Rocky Mountain Redemption. Thank you for today. bringing that up, Mel. Yes, that was awesome. I like yeah. to look for the good people. You do. Yeah. So, um, Arizona, we got you. We got some good news for you for our Rocky Mountain Redemption, of course, brought to you by the Good News Network. Even though they're not a sponsor, I think it's the coolest website. So oh, check it out. They should be a sponsor. So yes. let us know. If let us you know, know then. <laughs> so this one is from uh, Seek Gas Station Owner Sells Gas at 50 cents a gallon cheaper than what it costs to help customers at a time of need. So Mr. Singh, who is an owner of a Phoenix gas station, said, quote, if you have something, you have to share it with other people, end quote. Imagine the times we're living through that scene, $5.19 per gallon at the gas station is a bargain. I hate this. I was, last time I was in Phoenix, this is like last year, it was $8 a gallon. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Oh Nevertheless, there's at least one person bucking the trend of rising prices, a sink man in Phoenix who loses hundreds of dollars a day by selling gasoline at 50 cents cheaper than what he buys it for. Yeah, back in March, uh, this is 2022, Singh was peddling 10 cents under market price. But as in inflation, lack of long-term investments in oil drilling, blah, 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 we all read the headlines. 
Um, the gas prices are sky high here in the United States, and, and seeing who praises God for his ability to help his neighbors would not be deterred. Yeah, he said, quote, God gave me help. It doesn't matter. We are not here to make money right now. I'm very happy to help other people, end quote. Despite losing $500 per day, he and his wife are working longer hours in their store next to the pumps in order to make up the difference. I think this is so cool because, like, I would go to that gas station and I would purposely go in and buy something from his store. Don't yeah, you think? just to support him. Yeah. And he's doing mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, so he's going to do that. So um, where to head for cheaper gas if you're in the area? That would be 1949 Osborne Road and 20th in Phoenix, Arizona. So go say hi to Mr. Singh. Yeah, and if you can, go in and buy some stuff from his store so that they can make some money. Buy some donuts. Buy something bad for you. It's a gas station. Yeah. It's all just indulgence in there. And bring it back for me and Becky Exactly. Some tacos. Especially if they have tacos. So thank you, Mr. Singh, down there in Phoenix. And that is your Rocky Mountain Redemption. So you guys can follow us on social media. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Just search Rocky Mountain Red-Handed. Instagram is at Rocky Mountain Red-Handed. And you can always send us an email, RockyMountainRedHanded at gmail.com. We also have a website, RockyMountainRedHanded.com. So you can go check that out. Send us a message through there. Yeah, and we'll be back every Wednesday to bring you a story. Um, if you like us, let other people know. Please share it. You know, like us, follow us, rate us. All of that good stuff. We really appreciate our listeners out there. And Mel, until next time, keep your hands clean.